What are you going to do? Record another podcast? I used to do the same thing as a child. Sit in my closet and pretend to talk to imaginary listeners. You're not going to make sense of this. No matter how you try and word this, it's not going to work. I know that I look and sound like Napoleon Dynamite had a baby with Ray Romano. It's going to be a good show. Welcome to the Dynamic Wit Comedy Show. All right, everyone. Happy Saturday. Happy 38th episode of Dynamic Wit Comedy Podcast. Appreciate you listening. Obviously, if you're listening to this, it's at least Saturday the 14th, but uh, who knows when you're going to listen to it. I am not recording this on Saturday. I'm recording this the night before on Friday because my kids are all asleep. My wife's at her show, and I have some time to actually say some things that have been on my mind. And by been on my mind, I mean they became on my mind today. As I was on my way to work, I was talking to one of the local stand-up comedy producers here in town. He puts on shows. I've worked with him several times. Good dude. Um, And he was telling me about an experience he had with an open micer the other night. And I just had some thoughts I wanted. So this episode's not necessarily even going to be funny, but... We are going to talk comedy and and things to probably help you out if you're getting into stand-up or if you're just trying to be a funny person in life. I don't know. I think it can be applied. Maybe some of this will make you laugh. Maybe not. I don't know. But think about any good business, any good solid business, corporation, local business, whatever it is, in any good business There's a saying that's almost like a motto that they all have in common. And that saying is that the customer is always right. A customer's perception is reality. The difference between a good review and a bad review is a good experience or a bad experience, no matter what the business may be. Now, all that being said, obviously... There are times where the customer is not right. I don't know what it's like to be a waiter or a waitress, but I hope I never know. Because people by nature can absolutely be dicks. But if you get a dick that's hungry, dare I say hangry, and you have to take his food order. I asked for no onions on my bourbon steak. I'm so sorry. I thought you asked okay, for okay. onions. Maybe don't interrupt me. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, well, I think you did mean to, and I also think that you meant to put the damn onions on my steak. I'm out. You already know from previous episodes that I do not handle entitlement well. No one is more entitled than a hangry dick. And let's just be clear about that term. I don't care if you have a penis or a vagina or identify as a man or a woman or a tree or you're non-binary. If you're hangry, you're a dick. You're a dick. You're a dick. And there's absolutely more times in life where the customers really are not right. However, in the world of stand-up comedy, the customer or customers also known as the audience, and if we're going to be a little bit more specific, the paying audience, they are always right. 
You might believe in what you're saying. You might think what you're saying is funny. But if you tell a joke to some strangers and none of them laugh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. Coming up in an episode or two, I'm going to be ranking the most important comedians in stand-up comedy history. And among them, I'm going to mention comedians like Lenny Bruce or George Carlin and Don Rickles. They broke rules. They said offensive things. And they were, ex- they were experts at shock value. Absolutely experts. But two things. One, they had to learn it and earn it. Meaning they didn't just start out that way. They knew how to engage an audience. And most importantly, they had paying audiences that were coming to see them. They had to build up to that. The second thing is, and this is very important, they made it funny. Anyone can go up and be shocking and attacking. But the trick is, can you be shocking and attacking and funny? If you're going to be shocking, be shocking. But you have to remember, it's, it's like climbing a barbed wire fence. You can be shocking and offensive, but there has to be a method to it. You have to do it methodically. Otherwise, you're going to get destroyed. I'm somewhat of what we would call a devout Mormon. You immediately know six jokes about my belief system as soon as I tell you I'm a Mormon. Whether you're not a Mormon or a former Mormon or a current Mormon, you know there's plenty about my belief system that can be made fun of. And yeah, you're thinking of a joke right now. Are your jokes good? Probably not. But am I willing to listen to them? Yes. Yes, I am. Because if they're funny, then they're funny. And I'll have no problem laughing at it and sharing it. One of my favorite comedians is Christopher Titus. I've seen him perform three times in Salt Lake City and he has made jokes about the Mormon faith. One of which is saying he wants to be a Mormon, but he wants to wait until he dies so that he can save 10%. That's a damn good joke. It's clever. It's quick. It's researched. The creators of South Park wrote a musical, you know, the Book of Mormon. It won nine Tony Awards and it was offensive. But in addition to being offensive, it was also hilarious. And again, it was well researched. When you perform stand-up comedy, you perform in all sorts of situations. Sometimes you're in a comedy club, sometimes you're in a theater, sometimes you're in a coffee shop, sometimes you're in a dive bar, sometimes it's a paid show, sometimes it's an open mic. The deciding factor on whether or not you have a good set is the crowd, and you know exactly how you're doing the whole time. This is one of the few things in life where you don't have to wait for a review The audience is telling you, you can hear how you're doing. And that's terrifying to think of, but it puts the pressure on you to determine what that particular crowd is going to laugh at because every single crowd is different. Stand-up comedy is like driving. There are different roads and different speeds for different situations. If you try and go speeding in a school zone, you're going to lose your ability to drive. If you're performing stand-up comedy at a venue or a show that has asked you to be clean and you're trying to go full throttle and be shocking and offensive, Uh uh-oh, 
you're going to lose. You're going to lose the crowd, you're going to lose credibility, and you're going to lose the respect of the person in charge of the venue. I went on a radio show last December and was talking about open mics, and we were talking about people who get too dependent on using the F word, and it becomes, and they do it because it's shocking. They see all these other famous stand-up comedians doing it, and they think, well, that's what's funny, when really, the F word's not what's funny. There's emotion behind it that's funny. There's actual punchline that's funny, but it's not the F word. But what happens is the F word becomes a crutch. Look, I'm not a prude. I like offensive jokes. My favorite stand-up comedians are Daniel Tosh, Dave Chappelle, Louis C.K., and Bill Burr. None of which are comedians I would listen to around my father or my children. But you know what all of them have in common? They all know how to work clean, and they've I know that because they've all done clean sets on late night shows like Conan or Letterman or Leno or hosted SNL. They know how to work clean and they know how to adapt their audience or their adapt their comedy to their audience. They know how to alter. They know how to adjust it based on the city that they're performing in. Again, I'm not saying that clean comedy is better than dirty comedy. I'm saying... You have to be adjustable and know which road you're driving on. Now to close this episode, let's have a laugh and listen to one of the funniest moments in any movie ever. And yes, it's offensive. Hope you enjoy. So first, we need a historical event. Who's got an event? 9-11. Okay, okay. uh, Maybe something else. Uh, All right, let's let's start with a person. Robin Williams. Okay, all right. For real, guys. For real. Who's got a person? Robin Williams on 9-11. All right, we've heard, we've heard from these guys. Uh, let's, uh, let's maybe give somebody else over here a chance. Um, how about a location? Let's go with a location. The offices of Charlie Hebdo. Okay, seriously, sir, uh, I just need a location. Ferguson, Missouri. German Wings cockpit. Okay, I heard Starbucks. No, you didn't. Nobody said Starbucks. All right, Starbucks. Okay, now who's in the Starbucks? Bill Cosby. You people are monsters. Look, we're giving you the tools, buddy. Come on, make some fucking comedy. 